Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Did you see that? It jumped from zero to three seconds. No, also just delayed. So that was kind of strange. Okay. Well, anyway, um, welcome to Tag Talk. We're back at our our assigned spots. Last week we reversed it. Threw me off the whole episode. But listen, this is going to be a dramatic episode. We have a lot that we really want to talk about. Um, some good, some bad. man. I know. So, like, the last few weeks, we've kind of been skirting around this issue. But, like, Haley and I today, we were like, you know what? I really do think that tag team wrestling is in a rough spot. And, like, we want to talk about it. So, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to answer the question, is tag team wrestling in the mud? Um, we're going to talk AEW. We're going to talk WWE. We're, then we're going to finish with, like, good stuff. I think that's the plan. Haley has a plan for today. So even though we're in our spots, we really should be the other way around because Haley is going to lead the episode, but it's fine. We'll get to it. Um, as always, if you want to submit a super chat, get your question, your comment, your dad joke, your whatever read on air, be sure to do that. Um, I think what we're going to talk about is maybe a little bit controversial. So make sure you get your, your super chats in. Uh, I want to hear what you have to say, because maybe I'm just being a pessimist and I'm not, I'm not seeing the vision. Maybe that's it. Um, but yeah. Oh, I forgot to ask you, Haley. How are you? I always ask you, I forgot. Um, you know, I woke up this morning, it was not a good day. And then I got some great news. So I'm still riding on the high. Um, I can't talk about it right now, but as soon as I can, you should definitely um, follow me on Twitter. Jackie's here. Jackie says, oh, it's so nice to see your faces again. Hi, Jackie. We love you. And I miss you. We need to have a catch up, me and you, because I miss our little talks. Um, I'm also okay. I'm just like in that weird space where you're applying for fellowships and trying to get your career going before you get into the hell that is PhD level stuff. So I'm that's where I'm at, guys. But I still have time for wrestling. I always have time for wrestling and I always have time for you. So I'll throw it to Haley and let's see. Where, let's see where this goes. I'm like, I, I have full faith in Haley playing the episode, but I'm like, no one in the chat better come for me. Like, please don't. I am stressed. Listen, no, I really wanted to lead this topic because we have been skirting around it. And I sent her a voice message and I was like, listen, I really want to do this today, whatever. And she's like, okay, I don't have a problem with it. Like, that's fine. And I was like, no, I know you don't, but I just really need to get it off my chest. <laughs> so I think we wanted to start with um, kind of uh, the direction of the AEW tag team division in the last like six months to a year. Um, because I feel like last summer we were riding a high, you know, we had Jurassic Express, and then we had that really short reign with the Young Bucks. Um, and then we saw Swerve in Our Glory. They had a great reign, which obviously led into the Acclaimed. And I feel like 
that was the last time that the AW Tag Team Division was kind of at a high. And then it kind of started to deflate. And we were talking about this in our text uh, thread earlier. And I feel like we both agreed that when it really started to deflate was when the guns won the championships. Yes. <laughs> and uh, do you remember, like, when... I think it was, like, when it first happened and it was like, okay, this is a reality... I tweeted something about how it sucked, and people were like, it's the story! It's all about FTR! Let it play out! Let it play out! And I was like, I let it play out, and like, where did it get us? But before I continue, we have a super chat from Ryan, who says, what does a robot do when it gets mud on its shoe? It reboots. I That was great. That's a good joke. I am the robot. Yes. But Ryan, I really appreciate the dad jokes lately. I feel like you've really stepped it up a notch. So, thank you. Also, just have to say, Eddie says, Kylie, please leave Florida. It's getting crazier every day. Um, if anybody has, like, tips to get out of Florida, like, on the cheap, let me know. Like, I, I was moving with Haley. You can. I have no problem with that. <laughs> we'll just do Tack Talk Live every week while, <laughs> while I flee. Um, <laughs> anyway, um... Back to the gun club. No, and it was like people and I was willing to give it the benefit of the of the doubt because <laughs> I do I like in my head I was like, okay, FTR is coming back. Not that I knew FTR was coming back, but like FTR is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. FTR is coming back. Like, well, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. But I think there have been bad AW. Not bad. There have been, like, mediocre AW tag title reigns. Like, I think Jurassic Express was pretty mediocre. I think Lucha Bros, you know, they didn't get great booking. But, like, the guns were just objectively bad. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I really, I wanted to give them a chance because I, I'm really all for, like, you know, younger teams getting a chance in these kind of spots. And I was like, maybe they'll, maybe they'll exceed my expectations and my expectations were very low um but I don't know like it just it didn't connect with me I I didn't really care for it and I was the whole time just like okay when is FTR gonna come in when are they gonna win the titles like and I feel like it was like that every week and that's not what we should have been focusing on you know yeah and it's it's weird to me um to take it back a little bit so and I think we talked about this a little bit. I feel like AW tag team champions before the guns were credible champions. And like, you believed that they were the best in the division. And then, you know, you get to, you know, you swerve in our glory and the acclaimed and all out. And, you know, the, the call that sh- probably shouldn't have been made. And then, you know, the acclaimed win at grand slam. And I think there were the acclaimed winning was definitely a peak. And I think that they could have ridden that momentum all the way to FDR's return. Like, I don't think the acclaimed had to lose, but they did. They dropped to the gun club who I, very few people, I think thought they were like credible, actual world champions. Maybe like they're good because they can get beat by FTR and look funny while they do it. I don't really know. But after that, it was like the acclaimed really went on a downslide. The titles went on a downslide and the guns are nowhere to be seen. And now here we are with FTR, who are in a similarly bad spot. Yeah, and we were talking about this, too, where, you know, FTR was on such a high last year. 
especially around this time. And, you know, I was I was really hoping that when they started dropping the titles and they were going to come full time back to AEW and hopefully win the championships, I was like, okay, like we need a good feud to reheat FTR. And the one we're getting, <laughs> I have no words for. Um, I would have rather seen like a really nice program with the acclaimed. And then I don't know where you go from there, but what we have right now is not what I would have picked. And it's not like AW has a shortage of tag teams. It's not like they're forced to do this. Like they have Butcher and the Blade. They have an ROH tag team division that they can borrow someone from. They have the Lucha Bros. Like I think Lucha Bros versus FTR in you know, a champions versus championship match, like you could do that and it would still be better on double or nothing. Even if you're not, even if FTR isn't defending the belt against the Lucha Bros, I still feel like that's a better match than uh, this Jeff Jarrett situation. And it's even more confusing to me because Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal just had a tag title shot at the last pay-per-view and they didn't get it. And they haven't done anything really crazy to convince me, and I think most of the audience, that they should be challengers for FTR. And I wish FTR was doing something else. And Haley and I mentioned earlier, we were chatting about it before we went live, it almost feels like this is a throwaway match with you know Mark Briscoe's special ref for funsies to set up an angle for FTR after going into Forbidden Door, maybe Aussie Open, maybe someone like Motor City, maybe someone. Um which I'm fine with, but like you can still make this a good match with a good quality opponent. And I don't think Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal are good quality opponents for FTR. Like I don't, I don't think I don't think about Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal as a tag team. And I'm like, oh, you remember that classic bout? Oh, it's so good. I don't do that because it's not. I agree. I'm in I'm in the same kind of headspace. I feel like you really could have slotted anybody in here. And, like, I realize that a lot of teams are kind of stuck in the trios division right now. Um, so anybody that they could have, like, you know, they're doing other things. But just because they're in the trios division doesn't mean that they can't also do tag team stuff if they have a tag team. And they're a tag team. <laughs> and it's like, AEW can make tag teams. They made the acclaimed. Like, you can make a tag team. And get it over, and it'll be fine. Like, you had Swerve and Keith Lee, like, not that long ago. Now, where are they? Doing stuff with, like, The Firm and Chris Jericho and, like, absolute absurd stuff. I just I just don't understand what the direction is. Like, I don't know why you bring back FTR. They win the belts. They're on this high. And you're like, okay, what's a good, like, hot angle to really get their momentum back up after 2022? And you're like, oh, Jeff Jarrett. Give him Jeff. And it's like a weird convoluted angle, too. Yeah. It's like they liked Jeff and then they didn't. And like Mark Briscoe's there. And it's like there's too many moving parts. And it's like not, you know, FTR can do a straightforward tag feud. They don't need all this sort of stuff um, to make the feud work. And so, shout out Rosario. You're my favorite. We love you, Grillo. We love you, Grillo. Um, Grill and I talked about Doritos earlier, Haley. You should go find that tweet thread because I think you think it was funny. Um, but I have no idea where I was going with that. Oh, this is where I was going with that. And Grillo kind of made me think of it because it made me think of the Young Bucks. Um, so I think about like the elite 
story and like everything that's going on. And it, it almost makes me wonder if like the Young Bucks FTR is coming down the line. Uh, Cause I do think the divide between Kenny and the Bucks is like the central thing of that story with Hangman and Abushi and everything. But like, I just can't wrap my mind around where the AW tag team division is with the talent that's in it and the ring of honor tag division. You could throw them in there too. Uh, and Grillo's there. And I, I'm like, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like you have, you have two young bucks. Like you have two sets. And also I just realized that uh, Caden did a super chat. We never talked to him. We never acknowledged him. Well, we were, we were kind of <laughs> talking. says, um, AW Tag Division has been mid for a year, in my opinion. I don't think it's been a year. I think this summer, like up until the acclaimed, was really, really good. I think Swerve and Keith were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the booking maybe had some issues, but then I think the acclaimed, like that was a definite, definite peak for the tag division, like AW total history, the acclaimed. I definitely agree. And so I don't know where AW goes from here. Like, the Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal thing, maybe they sell t-shirts. Maybe, like, they're good at meet and greets. Maybe, like, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, maybe there's something we're missing business-wise. I have no idea. Um, but all I do know is that they're getting more TV time than I think they should be. And I think there's, you know, with the AW's new show, which is it getting announced this week, maybe? I have no idea. But with the new show, I'm hoping that more tag teams, like, get made and we can really, like, sort a lot of this out. Because, uh, like you said, Trios did take a lot of tag teams, but it's, like, too bad, so sad. Fix it. <laughs> like, it, it's not an excuse. Well, and I feel like that's the other thing, too. Like, FTR won the championships, and how many times have we seen them on TV, really, you know? So I feel like that's kind of a bit of a disconnect, too. And, like, there's, like, not really a ton of consistency when it comes to, like, tag teams being featured on TV. Tag team champions being featured on TV. Like, I feel like it's kind of, like, an up and down kind of situation. I definitely agree. And um, people recently have been talking about the lack of House of Black on TV, like, trios-wise, which... I do see to an extent, but also Julia Hart has been doing stuff and she's still House of Black, so give her her credit. Uh, but there's a lot of tag teams like 2.0, Butcher and the Blade, uh, who have been caught up either in you know not getting booked or caught up in weird stories with The Firm and QT Marshall and all these like weird things that are happening um, that I think, I think Double or Nothing needs to be a reset, at least for the tag team division. Uh, you just... You have to do something. And AEW, like, the next few months, it's, like, pay-per-view after pay-per-view after pay-per-view. So, and especially, like, and Haley and I mentioned this earlier, uh, before we went live, looking ahead to All In, All Out, and then presumably Grand Slam, like, that, you know, short six-week period, whatever it's going to end up being. Like, we need to we need to fix a lot of these issues by then, I think. But it's not just the tag division. It's well, it's mostly the tag division, but it's you know the TNT title pictures, the TBS title picture. There's like lots of things that really could be a lot better. Um, another super chat. Zach says Double J gets good heat though because nobody wants him to win, and I get that nobody wants him to win, and like uh, people boo him, and it gets great reactions, and you get great you know clips and sound bites for social media. 
But all, ultimately, like, I do think we're at a point where Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal being consistently at the top of the tag division is actively hurting the tag division. So, like, the sense of, you know, self-preservation has to kick in at some point. <laughs> no, I agree. And I feel like, like you mentioned earlier, like, a lot of teams really kind of cooled down, especially the Acclaimed. The Acclaimed were so hot. And, like, they still get really good crowd reactions and stuff, obviously, because they're the acclaimed. But I don't know. Like, a lot of stuff during, like, after the fall kind of just went downhill. I don't know. Yeah, the Pro Wrestling Podcast, who are, like, you know, CM Punk insiders, good friends. We love love that. Uh, says tag team wrestling is pretty near and dear to me. Really don't like the direction it's going. It's not horrible, but not too much to root for. Hi, LOL. Uh, hello. And I do kind of agree. I do think that I think fans, when it comes to tag team wrestling, they want perfection, mm-hmm. which it's there's nothing wrong with having high standards in your wrestling. Um, and I do think, like, especially AW fans kind of adopt an attitude where they want things to be perfect because they they expect everybody to be. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and have that perspective on wrestling. And I don't think they realize that AEW has a lot of young people who are not going to be perfect and probably won't be perfect for another 10 years. Uh, So I think some of it is AEW fandom issues, but I also think uh, it's okay to recognize that it's on a, a, the tag division at least is in a bad spot. Uh, And I don't think it's, an unfair criticism to wish that FTR was doing something different on Double or Nothing. I do think the Mark Briscoe special guest uh, referee thing is fun because AW doesn't do a lot of those gimmicky, like special guest ref, you know, special enforcer things. So I'm excited for that. Um, I just hope that we have that match. It does what it's supposed to do. And then we have an angle or a clear direction for FTR before then, you know, we really get into forbidden door season and they slip through the cracks. Yeah, I do not want it to become another JAS situation. I can't handle another one of those. I really can't. <laughs> what is the, what is going on with the JAS? Like, let's be honest. Anna J is the only one doing anything. Like, Chris Jericho is in this Adam Cole feud, which I love because I think Adam Cole is really great in this spot where he's angry. I think he's just – he's an underrated actor, I think. Um, but I don't buy Chris Jericho in that spot. Like – I, I like he got beat by action Andretti and then everybody else, like the entire JAS is just kind of like, hi, what's the Chris Jericho show? And you know what I mean? I do like the stuff that they're doing with Garcia. I don't know. It pops me. I do like Garcia. And I think Sammy, the Sammy babyface stuff he's kind of doing with this four pillars feud is a little weird. Like, I don't know if I believe it because he's been evil for so long. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know where they're going with Sammy. I know where they're going with Daniel Garcia. I think he's probably going to end up, you know, beating Orange Cassidy or winning the TNT belt or something like that. He's going to, like, break away from Chris Jericho in that way. Um, But 2.0, get them on the mic. Like, get them fired up. And 2.0 can really do a lot of business for you. And I love when they're on commentary, too. I feel like they add such a nice element to that as well. Mm -hmm. So, honestly... On TV, on commentary, I don't care. Just give us more 2.0. I definitely agree. And 
I AW and I will have to say like there are injuries in the tag division. Mm-hmm. Like poor Dante Martin. Uh top flight's always unfortunately involved in some injury. Private party, like I get it. And I do think there is a discussion to be had about injuries for another time. Um, but f- really figuring out the balance between the trios and the tag, I think, is you know, our number one thing. Yeah. And number two is um, not pushing people just because they are unliked by fans. <laughs> I think, uh, and I, I should probably clarify that. I don't mean not pushing people who get heat because yeah. uh, I think there's a time and a place. Like, I think you can get heat and still be liked by the fans. Um, but I think the Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal situation is so unique because, you know, people boo them, but like, they're booing them because they don't want to see them there, like ethically, morally. Um, so that's like the AW tag division is so good and it's so stacked. And I really want to get back to that spot. Like, and Haley mentioned this earlier, thinking back to like the beginning of the company, it was like the young bucks. It was the Lucha bros. It was private party who had just come in, you know, lit, lit the world on fire. Like, and you had Hangman and Kenny, and you had, like, all these teams. So, I mean, they have the embassy. They have, you know, the kingdom. Like, you, there's talent there. We just need to, like, get the ball rolling. And then you have, you know, the Dark Order as well. You have best friends. There's a lot of talent on your roster. Please utilize them. <laughs> and we talked about the Dark Order last We talked about the Dark Order last week, like, on BTE. They've been so integral to this elite story, especially this week. Yeah. Um, sorry, something my uh antivirus thing popped up. My <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, trying to silence us. It's Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. They're in my computer. <laughs> oh my god! You know, the hacker thing. Um, <laughs> it's them. <laughs> um, but I don't know where I was going. <laughs> It's whatever. Here's another super chat from Caden. Caden says one word, consistency. I do think consistency would help. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, and this is maybe going to be a controversial statement, I think taking the Young Bucks out of the tag division and taking the Lucha Bros out of the AEW tag division was a bad move. Uh, Especially if you were going to take, like, Best Friends and uh, Butcher and Blade or someone and, like, just slot them in there. Uh, they they really left the vacuum. Like I think I don't think anybody can fill the young bucks shoes. I think the young bucks are like generational talents. Like, g- call me out for it if you want in the chat. I don't care. I think th- I don't think there'll ever be another young bucks. Same thing with the Luja Bros. I think replacing the Luja Bros is never going to happen. Um, but like, you need to have you know s- supports to your division that aren't Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal because they. What happened between Revolution and now? That's supposed to make me believe that they deserve another shot. Nothing. They like beat people up backstage and like hung out with Mark Briscoe. <laughs> I agree. I feel like the loss of both the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks, like you could really feel it in the division for a while. Like it took them a long time to even semi bounce back from that. <laughs> like, especially the Bucks. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know what the Young Bucks' plans are. Like, this elite story, I think, is really carrying AEW in a lot of ways. Uh, But I don't want to get into my thoughts on the four pillars angle because we'll be here forever. 
but I do think AW has dropped the ball with tag teams a lot uh, in sort of unacknowledged ways. And I'm hoping like we stopped that. Uh, I'm, I think the Young Bucks will, you know, do tag team stuff again down the line. Uh, I have no, no qualms with that. I just hope, okay, double or nothing. We have this match. It is what it is. We have fun with Mark Briscoe being there. But Forbidden Door, we need something big. And it can't be another, you know, six-man situation. Okay. Or, you know, like a pre-show shindig with, you know, I don't even know who they put in there. It has to be Aussie Open. That's that's what I'm getting at. You just can't. Give him Don Callis if you have to. I don't care. Like, it has to be. Um, and then do Young Bucks Motor City. Ooh. I like that. Let me book Forbidden Door, Tony. Listen, Tony, give her the book. <laughs> she She's predicted so many things that you do anyway. Like, she's a really good booker, okay? She like has or had um the whole women's division booked out for like a year in advance like she did that <laughs> I did. she she's a valuable asset okay you're really selling me the tony khan who is not watching but i really <laughs> i really appreciate it we are the dream tag team and uh i really do like and it's like so weird and don't judge me for this i really do sit and think and like Okay, I think Tony Khan missed an opportunity here. How would I do it instead? And I build, like, in my notes app on my phone, like, 12-month, 18-month, like, stories for um, AW. And you know what? A lot of them have ended up coming true, Tony. So either you're in my iPhone or <laughs> <laughs> or I know you very well. So that, that's all I'm going to say. Um, but... I don't know. FTR, FTR, and I say this every time, FTR and the Young Bucks are getting old. We need dream matches. Do it. Get it out of the way. Make it happen. Yeah. I agree. And especially with, like, the elite stuff, like, you know, Kenny and the Bucks maybe splitting off mm -hmm. and doing their own thing, like, bring the Bucks back into the tag division. Say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Just do it. 
Yeah, it would be way more effort to like make someone to be in that spot. I mean, they could re like you know reheat the acclaimed really easy. Um, I I don't know what the situation is with Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Private Party. I don't know what's going on over there, but like there's something there that they could do. Uh, like you have options that aren't mm-hmm. the Young Bucks that could be in that spot and do fine. Um, but I don't know. I do see the Young Bucks back in the tag division and you know going for the belt soon. I really do. I think I don't think the elite story needs belts, uh, but I do think there's a story to be told, especially if you put Hangman in there. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, if Abushi comes in, like there's stories to be told around the tag belt. Um, so I think that's a viable option. I'm just I'm putting off the inevitable because we have to talk about it next. <laughs> I'm ready. I love when Haley leads the episodes. I know it's going to cause problems. (laughs) What is it? I'm like, I'm waiting with like bated breath. I'm like, oh, Oh, it's Roman? Oh my god. I was trying to like drag out the AEW stuff, but I'm like, you know, we got to get to it eventually. (laughs) This story is so bad. So essentially what it boils down to is the Usos lost yeah. um, to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and now they're trying to, like, redeem themselves in Roman Reigns' eyes, which is stupid because the, the, the whole point of the story was that, you know, at least I thought it was, <laughs> that Roman was going to lose and that the Usos would, like, find themselves and, like, be normal. Um, but it didn't happen because they're not being normal. And so now, somehow... It has turned into Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Roman Reigns, who is, you know, undisputed whatever champion, uh, and, and Solo Sokoa against the undisputed tag champs in Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at Night of Champions. I have so many thoughts. Um, I need to organize them. <laughs> I am like, just Roman specifically, the fact that Roman isn't defending these belts, red flag. I, listen, and I get it. A lot of his credible opponents are stuck in this, like, fucking thing for this new title. Whatever. I get it. They were probably going to lose anyway. So just put Roman in this position. But, listen, <laughs> you are the, you hold two titles in this company. You are the world champion. And you're not defending your titles. I don't know. Cody should have won. I don't care. (laughs) With the belts, at least one would get defended, and then he could do the Roman stuff. I don't care. (laughs) Isn't it like, and like when it happened after WrestleMania, and I was telling people that I thought it was like the worst booking decision ever, um, people were saying, but it's like, you don't understand, like, you don't understand the Cody story, you don't understand Roman, like, you don't understand. And now looking back, I'm like, what was I supposed to understand? Where is it? (laughs) I don't see it. I think Roman should have lost because you could still do this tag story. Yeah. And you wouldn't have these belts tied up with Roman. And you wouldn't have Cody going off to, you know, into this, first of all, switching brands. And second of all, in this tournament for a new title that was introduced while Roman still has two titles for some reason, which are actually one title? Question mark, I guess. Uh, and then instead of, you know, giving him a challenger, you're going to have Roman 
team with Solo Sokoa and essentially feud with his bloodline members while wrestling someone else. I mean, like, I get it because of the continuing, like, rising tensions between the Usos and Roman specifically. But also, (laughs) I don't know how I feel about it, you know? Like, I get it. Like, the Usos, they couldn't win their titles back. They got that win, but it wasn't for the titles. And now Roman feels like, you know, I have to do everything my fucking self because (laughs) my family can't even get the job done. So now I gotta go out and do it myself. Like, I get it. But also, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like, ever since WrestleMania, to me, the bloodline has really, like, faded. Like, I don't I think believe in this. that for a lot of people. When Sammy lost, I feel like a lot of people were yeah. like, <laughs> I, I think I was really, like, on the fence about it when it wasn't Sammy at WrestleMania because I thought Sammy earned the spot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the year before, you know, carrying um, the bloodline and all that stuff. I thought he deserved it. Just, like, personally. Not, like, even, like, in kayfabe. Just, like, personally. He deserved it. Uh, and I was like, okay, it's Cody. But, like, Cody can win. And then you could do Cody-Seth. And, like, they can get, you know, they get their due. Because I thought Cody and Seth were due a feud. Uh, and I thought Triple H would be smart enough to do it. Um, joke's on me. Roman wins. And then the bloodline is, like, meaningless now. Because, like, Sammy's gone. You know, his relationship with the Usos is, like, in the mud. Like, I don't think... I thought that the entire Sammy with the Usos thing was going to turn into something bigger. uh, And it didn't. And now Sammy and KO are the tag champs. And to me now, they feel like jokes. Because, once again, Sammy and KO. But mostly Sammy is second fiddle to this other bloodline story. And, like, I don't know how you, I don't know where they're going with this. Because the WWE tag division has never really been its focus. Um, Triple H, though, is a tag team wrestling guy, if you judge by his NXT stuff. So I don't think there's a lot of tag teams in on the WWE main roster that I look at and I say, oh, they're capable of carrying a story with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Apart from the Usos, but like I don't think I don't know how you reconcile the fact that the Usos are, you know, losers. Especially they're like in bloodline hierarchy now. They're below Solo Sokoa apparently. Um, so I don't like Roman being in the tag division now with Solo Sokoa, which I can't get over. Who is also not a tag team guy, and he has two belts, and he's like, you know what? I need more. Give me two more belts. Why are there so many belts in the bloodline? Like, it's, like, their entire company in, like, one faction. It drives me crazy. Well, yeah, and I feel like the story is kind of telling itself. Like, obviously, they're not going to win the belt. Um, At least I hope not. (laughs) They do. (laughs) I I don't think they will. Like, I think that the Usos in some way or another are going to cost Roman and Solo and really just um, kind of continue those tensions between all of them. But I don't know. If they win, (laughs) like... (laughs) If there's one thing I've learned in the Triple H era, it's that you think a story is common sense, but he doesn't. Oh, no. He thinks that he should always be unpredictable, even if it sucks. 
So I guess like what you're saying is like even if they even if we think that they aren't going to win, like we should prepare for it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. I'm like getting in the mind of Triple H who I think is proved that he's like incapable of booking all this wrestling. Um, which is a hot I've never said that in, you know, so bluntly. I've always been like, I've had my doubts about Triple H. Like I've been critical <laughs> of Triple H. I genuinely don't like WWE TV. I don't know if it's the WWE style. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, but like nothing interests me at this moment. Uh, especially since WrestleMania. And so you have Triple H who's like, you know what? I'm going to be edgy and cool. I'm going to be like Tony. I'm going to be Tony Khan. I'm going to be the anti Vince. <laughs> and Roman's going to win at WrestleMania. And you know what? He's also going to win the tag belts. And you know what? He's also going to win, you know, the Raw Women's Championship. And then we're going to send him to NXT. He's going to win everything. He's going to beat Braun Breaker. He's going to beat Carmelo Anthony. He's going to beat all the stars. And then he's going to be absolutely draped in gold. He's going to be the belt collector. And we're going to recreate that Kenny Omega angle with Paul Heyman instead of Don Callis. He's going to have his underlings, his Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler, the Usos, who are, you know, generational tag teams for our company. And that's how it's going to go. You know, at this point, I don't know. <laughs> like, with them trying to get Roman to a thousand days and everything, I feel like anything is possible at this point. <laughs> I don't even want to address that, so we're going to read Super Chats. Zach says, so Triple H buries Roman for never defending the belts when he intros the consolation title and then books Roman to not defend the belts. SMH. It really does feel like that belt is second place. It's like, no one can beat Roman, so we're going to make a belt for you losers who can't beat Roman. Uh, and then Corey says, if Roman needs belts so badly, he could easily go to the buckle and buy himself a variety. One man should not have so many belts. Right? I really genuinely feel like your world champion should not be able to just build a tag team and go for belts. Like, why is anyone stopping him? <laughs> like, and from like a business perspective, okay, if you like kayfabe wrestling management, like you're the authority figure, you're Triple H. Like, wouldn't you stop him? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, what are you not this is that Roman Reigns and like that's the story? I don't know. Like, like what do you be like? This is bad for my company. Like, we need to stop Roman. And wouldn't you start throwing people at Roman? <laughs> like, just get it going. Like, a tournament to beat Roman. Like, winner gets to beat Roman or something. But instead, you're like, we need another belt. Um, and we're going to put all our stars in there. And most of them are going to lose for no reason. And also, the draft means nothing now because they're in the tournament. Um. But it also does mean something because Roman. And I it just blows my mind. I'm like, and what was the Brock stuff? Brock and Cody. What was the point of that? That could have been with the title. I don't I am like, you what you should have done is have Cody win, consolidate those belts, undisputed title, and then introduce your new belt because you need a world champion on your other brand. It makes sense. I guess the problem I'm also running into is, like, what if Roman wants to go after the other title now? You know what I mean? And, like, Seth Seth wins that, let's just say, if Seth wins that. Like, (laughs) does Seth now have to chop to Roman again and lose? Like, 
I guess. Oh. Let, let, let's let's think about this. I'm Seth, and I win money in the bank. And Roman is like, uh, he has like 15 belts, like every belt in the company. <laughs> if I beat him, do I win all of them with my one money in the bank? <laughs> like this is a contract for the company. Like <laughs> contract you own us. Like what? I don't understand the logistics. <laughs> I'm like, I it, it makes no sense to me. And like now that I'm like thinking about it, Cody losing is the most nonsensical booking decision I think in like 15 years. Like I would put this up there with John Cena, Randy Orton, in like their best of 500. <laughs> like that made no sense, but this makes equally no sense. Everything going on with Roman. I'm like, I get it to an extent, but also, I don't get it at all. I don't. I think, I think Cody would be a better world champion right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Roman is, uh, you know, he's a star. He he's over, like, you know, he has Hollywood attention. He gets views. Blah 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 blah. I know Roman gets views. I, I make the title of the stream and I do the description and the algorithm loves it. I know Roman Reigns is money, but it's like, come on. Like Seth, bye. Cody, bye. Brock, no chance. Sami Zayn, no chance. It's like, okay, who? Jay? You're going to, I'm supposed to believe now that Jay is going to like rise up from the ashes and beat Roman? He could have beat Sami Zayn. The story, like, I see it in my mind, and I'm like, okay, it's a story. But I think it's a picture book. I think it is so basic. And I'm so used to Triple H not being this rudimentary. Like, I look at NXT, and I'm like, how much of that NXT, especially with the tag team stuff, how much of that was just not Triple H? How much of that was actually just FTR and DIY and all these tag teams? I feel like, ah, uh, man, I don't know. Like, even if, so say Roman gets to his a thousand days, whatever, and whoever challenges him next, if that's Cody. If Cody couldn't beat him the first time, and then he has to go through all this adversity, like, now he's going to beat him the second time, and we're just supposed to believe that? Is that why he's shooting with Brock? Because if he can beat Brock, then he can beat Roman? Cody had adversity. We talked about this, like, whenever it was. Tag Talk 30, whatever it was. His whole story. All the time. (laughs) He, like, he went and made a company from adversity. Like, I don't know how much. None of that gets acknowledged. Oh, he's going to win the consolation title. I'm supposed to believe that's the end of the story. Like, if they do Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania. Regardless of what is happening in the tag division, I don't care. It could who go whatever. I don't care if they do Cody. Like it really had its time, and, and like now it's just it's past. You know, like they're on different brands. Like now, now it's like okay, next WrestleMania, it's going to be Cody's moment until like The Rock rolls up and he's like, actually, it's my moment. You know, I'm going to do my moment. <laughs> And then Cody waits and he waits and he waits and he just gets he just gets coded all over again. He's dashing Cody Rhodes, he's stardust, and he is not valuable to WWE. 
And then I think about Sami Zayn, who had this incredible run last year. And to the point where people were, like, saying he should win the Royal Rumble and beat Roman over Cody. Mm-hmm. And now he's in this tag team angle, still with Roman. Never going to beat Roman, probably. Um, never going to get his singles match against Roman. Which, don't get me wrong, I love Sammy and KO. I think they're really, really, really fun. I love them as a tag team. I've always loved them as a tag team. But it's like, I don't see how that, what is happening now is preferable to Cody beating Roman, going off to do his thing with Brock, and then we have this bloodline stuff, this dissension with the tag titles. Mm-hmm. I think part of, for, of, for me at least, what really is like upsetting me is that you could have done Sammy and KO, the champs, versus the Usos, versus Roman and Solo. And it, it would have been like, you could have done so much storytelling in that. And then I don't care who wins after that, probably Sammy and KO. But it's like, they decided that that was not preferable to Roman beating Cody, your returning star, your prodigal son, who you built and built and built while he was gone, you know, for however long he was gone, a year, whatever it was. And you have Seth Rollins, and you have, you know, Drew McIntyre, and all these people who are just like waiting in the in the wings for their main event spot. And you're like, we're going to take Roman, and we're going to stick him in the tag division. I just, and, like, I feel like Sammy and KO, like, their momentum as a tag team really derailed after they won the titles, because then they got stuck in this loop. And so, like, now, okay, they're going to get their win over Roman, but, like, at what cost? Like, the Usos, again? And like you said, like, I feel like it actually kind of would have been intriguing to see Roman and Solo versus the Usos versus Sammy and KO. Like, I feel like you could have done both of these storylines mm-hmm. kind of intertwined. And I feel like it would have been kind of interesting and cool. But no, no. And I, I think the bloodline becomes more interesting if you strip away the world titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why, like, I feel like Cody should have done his Brock thing. And I think the Brock thing should have carried Cody to SummerSlam. And I don't know. I don't know if they had planned already to introduce the new title or if they were going to do it um, later. I don't know. But I also feel like you, sh- if Cody had won, you could have put Jay and Roman in the tournament mm-hmm. and done something storyline-wise there. And, you know, really use the leverage of the, you know, the foundations of the Triple H era that you're trying to build and continue that story. But Roman being champ and the Usos, you know, trying to regain his favor is not enjoyable to me. It just isn't. And I, it really sucks that Sammy and KO, like you said, are caught in it uh, because they are undisputed world, whatever tag champs, whatever their title is, why they, they still have both belts, which whatever, um, that's a, a different discussion to have. <laughs> and they're caught up in this, and there's, like, no one else. who's Like, they're not building anybody else. Like, everybody, all the other tag teams are on the same level. And they're just wrestling each other for funsies. <laughs> Don't even get me started on the women's tag division. <sighs> I'll, have a, I'll have a heart attack. I'll just die live on Tag Talk. I feel like it's getting better but it's not great (laughs) but do i think it's better than the men's tag division i don't know (laughs) 
I have no idea. It's like two different kinds of mediocre and bad, you know? Yeah. It's like so hard to rank them. the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not like, their fault. It's not their fault. It's just the booking. I cannot believe you came into Tag Talk and said this. <laughs> King of the North says, y'all don't want to see Ellen Knight and Boobs as tag champs? No! If I wanted to, I would have brought it up. <laughs> I have no interest in that. Poor L.A. Knight. Um, also, hi, Rob. I love Rob. Um, go follow Rob on Twitter and watch all the shows Rob's in. Because Rob is great. Um, but no, poor L.A. Knight. I think L.A. Knight was really like a rising star. We're kind of getting off tag team stuff, but it's fine. It was really like a rising star. <clears throat> and um, with the Bray Wyatt thing. And then he's kind of like, I think people really liked him. And because Bray Wyatt was, you know, horrible. And Uncle <laughs> Howdy was like, oof. Uh, so it was like LA Knight, champ of this horrible angle, like keeping people invested. Um, but like, I do like Boogs. Um, I followed Boogs since he was in NXT because he, um, he, I'm maybe a little exposing myself a little bit here. I'm like, I'm really into like powerlifting and things. And he did a lot of videos with powerlifting creators and things like that that were really funny. So I've been into Boogs. He used to eat cat food smoothies to build muscle, by the way, if you wanted some insight into Boogs. Um, but I do like him, but I don't, I'm not a fan of that thing. And I don't buy them as a tag team. You had Fandango and uh, Tyler Breeze oh. in your company. And I they never became tag champs. So much. I miss them so much. I know. I think about them all the time. We need to bring them back. We need them back. Like that's and Tyler Breeze is like on his uh, Twitch streams all the time. Like I'm semi-retired. I like have my wrestling school. Like I can't wrestle. I don't care. This is not about you. This is about me. Okay. And you need to get your. You've been in a ring because you teach wrestling. So I know you're not rusty. Just come back for funsies. Do like a six month run and like have fun. You know what else? since we're on the topic of this, and we didn't <laughs> talk about the draft. But listen, I was so excited to see Pretty Deadly get drafted, but then I was so upset that we weren't going to get Seth on the same brand, because I would love to see that dynamic of them as, like, a trio. Like, I feel like that would have been so cool. And, and I like I like Pretty Deadly. Um, yeah. I think they're really, really good. I, I wasn't expecting the call-up, I'll be mm-hmm. honest, quite so soon. Yeah. Um, because I still think that they have stuff that they can work on and um, uh, you know, business and NXT. But I understand why they're there. I just hope that they don't become a joke, if that makes sense. Like pretty deadly, the gimmick itself is comedy, it lends itself to comedy very well. Um, but I do think like they could be tr- taken seriously as a tag team. Yeah. And I I'm like Triple H, like I need you to do this for me. Like, you you had Tyler Breeze, and you didn't give me Tyler Breeze, so this is next best thing. And we do not need a repeat of the stuff with the revival. We don't need a repeat of the stuff with that happened with Tony Storm. Like, we don't. We can rewrite this, okay? We you can, can do turn better. Aside. We can fix it. We can they can do be better. funny and successful. They can do both. <laughs> they can do both. I'm like I'm like I'm like biting my nails like so nervous about poor pretty deadly. When I like look at the rest of the NXT roster and I'm like, oh no, like you're gonna get absolutely destroyed on the main roster. I hope not. I, I hope really not. not. 
I, I just the women's tag division, the men's tag division. It's like, oh boy, like it's anxiety inducing to me. Like I get nervous because I build attachments to wrestlers, not like parasocial relationships, but like wrestlers that I like. And when they start flirting around the tag titles, I'm like, go away, get away. That is a trap. It is rat poison. It is rat poison. Go away. And I just for like the longest time the women's tag division, I was like, I was so fed up. And I was like, you know what? Just get rid of the tag titles and introduce a mid-card title because I'm so sick of this. Like, Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a whole other thing. And we've definitely talked about it before. So I don't want to bring it up again right now. But, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I just can't. I, I could rant for like an hour about this. I like, know. I, <laughs> I never tweet about WWE. Um, and Haley knows this. I never tweet because WWE fans hate me. Uh, they come for me. And they come hard. Like, they really, like, they... So I never tweet about WWE. Like, even if I watch a show or a pay-per-view, I, like, minimal tweets. I, I keep very quiet. Um, not because I get upset about it, but, like, people who follow me see the things that are being said, and then they fight in my mentions, and, like, people get upset. So I'm, like... Um, but, like, I like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I like Pretty Deadly. I like, um, you know, a lot of women's tag teams. And I am not a fan of what's going on in WWE. And I'm not a fan of what's going on in AW. So what the heck? What the heck? You can't even say that we're biased because we don't like either side. So. Yeah. We, people accuse us of being biased all the time. I know. And there was like, you don't, you're unfair to WWE and you let AW slide with a lot of stuff. And it's like, do you think everything I tweet is, like, all my real thoughts? Like, do you watch Tag Talk? Because most of this is us being, like, critical about wrestling. We're very vocal about it. <laughs> yeah, sorry you don't watch my show. Like, I'm... Uh, listen, this... There was a period of time <laughs> at the end of last year, I kid you not, daily, in my DMs, in my mentions... You're a shill for Tony Khan. You're getting paid by Tony Khan. Where's your check from Tony Khan? People dead serious. Dead serious. Like, not even doing it ironically like that. So, I keep my mouth shut until today. I don't watch NXT, though. Yeah. Often. <laughs> I follow certain NXT talent. I watch clips. Um, but, yeah. You can't convince me to watch NXT. I'm sorry. It's a waste of time. <laughs> it is. All I, the mean, wrestling... I, feel like, I feel like when there's so much other good wrestling that's on during the week, like, NXT doesn't really get priority, you know? Oh, and if I'm, like, I have five hours this week to watch wrestling, what am I watching? I'm spending two hours watching Dynamite. I'm probably going to watch ROH. Maybe Impact. And then Clips. That's just the reality of the situation. <laughs> There's too much. I'm sorry. Yeah. And with all the awesome, like, indie shows and stuff that run, like, catching up on that stuff during the weekend, like, I NXT, I'm sorry. Like, they do do some good stuff over there, but it just doesn't get priority from either of us. Like We're, like, really venting. <laughs> like, uh, like, months ago, someone said they were accusing me of being a Tony Khan shill, and they're like, do you even watch NXT? How can you talk about it, like, as your job? And I was like, you know what? I'd rather eat shit than watch NXT, to be honest. And I, that sentiment still holds. Yeah. But remember so, when you went to that NXT show, though? I did. I, I went to the next it. 
Like, yeah. Well, Pretty Deadly was there. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty Deadly was there. Roxanne was there. Uh, I had a good time. You know, it was dark. It was in a gymnasium and there were no lights on. The only lights were focused on the ring. It was very dark. Like you could have gotten murdered and no one would have seen. Um, and the concessions were children selling like laced potato chips and boiled <laughs> hot dogs. But it was fun. Shawn Michaels was there. <laughs> oh my god this is derailed do you want to finish then with um don Callis and the elite and finish yes. on high note? Okay. <laughs> before we just dig ourselves a deeper hole we should just transition i know i feel like i said some things i shouldn't have said <sighs> it's okay do you want to introduce the topic or do you do you want me to take over you, you know what you could take over you could okay that. um <laughs> so <clears throat> if you missed Oh, sorry. If you missed our episode last week, we kind of talked about the elite and being the elite and like broke down the story and whatever. Um, and so this week on AW Dynamite, or last week on AW Dynamite, sorry, uh, Kenny Omega wrestled John Moxley at a cage match, which was a great match. You should go back and watch it. Very, very good. Uh, and at the end, Don Callis betrayed Kenny Omega. He stabbed him with the screwdriver in the head. Um, and that's the end of Don Callis in the elite, which it was a snake. Uh, I was so mad. I was like, and like I knew he was a snake because yeah. I knew I knew what he was doing with Takeshita. Like I knew, but uh, the fact that Kenny like wasn't expecting it, I think I was like super super upset. And then you had you know Danielson on commentary, who is underrated on commentary, by the way. Listen, that whole stint of him on commentary was so fun. Him being like, "There's my man. That's my man." About my like, I just I couldn't. It was great. It was so good. Um, and ultimately now the elite is at a point where there's no Don Callis, don't to catch the status unknown, hangman status unknown. Um, but now Kenny Omega, uh, has been betrayed by his family and now he's like, who can I trust? And we know the fans know, and if you watch tag talk now, you know, he doesn't know yet that he was betrayed by the young bucks at full gear back you know, whenever it was, I don't, what year? It's 2023, 2021, when he was betrayed. Um, they've been teasing it on BTE with the Dark Order, even if that's not on TV. Um, and this week on Being the Elite, Alex Reynolds um, comes up to Kenny, he's showing him a video of a dog, and he's like, oh, I have another video to show you. And, and it's creeping in the background. <laughs> yeah, Matt's back there, and he's like, what are you doing? Uh, it's full gear. And he's like, that's full gear. And Kenny's like, that's me with the title. Yeah. And he's like, oh, look, and it was right before Matt Jackson gave the nod, and Matt Jackson snatches the phone and spends the next like 10 minutes on being really breaking this phone. Like he's like, no, like as if Alex Reynolds doesn't have other phones available to him. Throwing it at walls, putting it in the sink, putting soap on it, hitting it with the chair. <laughs> Making Nick Jackson stand up so he could take his bar stool and snap this phone. Um dedicated on hiding this from Kenny Omega. No signs that he wants to tell Kenny Omega what had happened. As though Kenny Omega isn't going to find out. Like, as though Alex Reynolds can't just go borrow Evil Uno's phone and show Kenny Omega. Um, but anyway, like, we finished being the elite and that, you know, week, that cycle of AW. Kenny Omega is beaten up. His back is bloody. He's very upset because he considered John Callis family. Uh, Nick Jackson is, you know, worried about Kenny Omega, which Nick Jackson finally showing an emotion. 
Uh, and then you have Matt Jackson, who's like running around anxious and like guilty, <laughs> trying to hide this from Kenny yeah. Omega while like the walls are closing in on him because Kenny is going to find out soon. Hangman is still in RIA, Takeshita MIA, Abushi MIA, but that's where we stand. Don Callis is a sneaky little snake who should disappear forever from my life. I don't like people teasing Don Callis with Will Ospreay because I it's will mean that. <laughs> that is like my nightmare duo. <laughs> <laughs> like I that makes me want to heave <laughs> it's true I don't know I'm just saying like the amount that Kyle Fletcher is on TV lately like you know I'm please no please <laughs> Don Callis and I don't know what they do with Takeshita like I guess Takeshita to BCC is a little weird now because Don Callis has already left. Unless Takeshita was in with Don Callis on, you know, planning that, whatever. I don't think Don Callis goes to BCC. I don't think Danielson has any interest in that. Uh, and Danielson, to me, has been the voice, the leader of the BCC recently. Um, I don't know what they do there. I don't know if Don Callis, you know, teams up with Will Ospreay because, you know, Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega still have their series going. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Don Callis said to Kenny Omega in the ring. I don't know if we're ever going to find out. Maybe at a promo six months from now or a contract signing or something. But regardless, I'm glad the story is picking up because Double or Nothing is coming up. I'm nervous. Like, I am so invested in this story that, like, I, I, like, wrestling, you're supposed to be invested in the story. You're supposed to, you know, you know, put aside the fact that it's kayfabe and all that stuff. Uh, but, like, I am so into the story. And I think Hangman coming back, I think he's going to make some triumphant return. He's going to save Kenny or whatever. Because Kenny, if you don't watch BTE, Kenny's sitting there not eating his peanut butter cheesecake. Um, he's very upset. And he's, like, thinking, presumably, it's clips, but the idea is that he's thinking. He's thinking about all the stuff the BCC has done. And he does think about Hangman. He does think about Hangman getting um, stabbed. With a screwdriver, not a knife, a screwdriver. <laughs> um, so I think Kenny's like coming around to the idea of Hangman, but I think the Matt Jackson revelation is going to throw him for a loop and he's going to like come all the way back around, I think. Well, and uh, on that clip posted to the AW socials um, after Kenny lost, like in the clip, he was like, I can't trust my family. I can't trust the Bucks. I was like, oh, what is this about? And I'm like, like, does, does he know? Does he know? Like, and I'm like, does Nick um, Jackson know? Because Nick Jackson was on the other side of the ring. So, like, maybe he saw, maybe he didn't see. Um, but, like, you would think that he would have some inkling of what happened when he, Matt didn't stop Hangman from doing the buckshot. Um, so, like, I don't think Kenny can trust Nick Jackson either. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's another, like, interesting wrinkle to the story. And, like, I'm still not... I'm still not a hundred percent sure Abushi's coming in. I think they've definitely laid the groundwork well, so he could come in and, and you know, sl- you know, slot in seamlessly, or he could not come in and the story's not affected because Hangman is right there, and you could just you know make a slight change and it's fine. Um, I do question the Dark Order. I think I do think Alex is going to be the one to tell Kenny. Um, 
or he's going to like pressure Matt in some way and it's going to come mm-hmm. out like that. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think that you can throw Alex Reynolds on TV with a mic or however and like make him reveal something that big. So I don't know. Like I'm iffy about that. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same. I feel like the Dark Order's involvement in the whole storyline is like it's its own thing and like it doesn't really fit with, you mm-hmm. know, the stuff that they're doing. And I think that they're trying to at least a little bit connect it to the stuff on TV, but I don't know. And we talked about this in the episode last week too, so you should go watch that. Yeah, you should 100% go watch that because we really <clears throat> there was a lot of ground to cover because apparently people don't watch BTE, I guess, which you really should. It's a lot of great fun. Uh, Hollywood Hunk was at the WGA strikes this week, um, supporting the cast of Gotham Knights and the writers of Gotham Knights of Vampire Diaries and stuff. So it was a lot of fun. So go watch that. Um, support your writers. Do not let AI replace writers and content creators. Don't do it. Um, but I'm really interested to see Dynamite this week, but also mm-hmm. BB Elite next week, because I don't think that Matt Jackson can, can stay in control of this story for much mm-hmm. longer. Yeah. I think he's I think he's already sort of lost control of it. I think it's spiraling somewhere he didn't think it would go. I think in his head he thought that they could just move on and like no one would ever question because it's well known that Kenny Omega doesn't watch his matches most of the time. Uh, he said he didn't watch it. I'm interested though, and I don't know if they're going to do it, but I'm interested if they bring in Adam Cole in some way because Adam Cole's a babyface now. And when he left, he was having issues with the Young Bucks. And we haven't seen them reconcile that yet, even though he's back. So I don't know. I just I just want something there. You got Roderick Strong involved. Kyle O'Reilly maybe coming back, maybe not coming back. I don't know what his status is uh, in his future in wrestling. Um, but re- either way, I think the Dark Order are due a big story and a big angle, even if it's not the Elite. I would like to see them do something, especially because they are doing a lot of work on BTE. Literally, and not just for this either. Like, they hold down BTE. They really, <laughs> they really do. Like, if Alex Reynolds doesn't go up to Matt Jackson and start saying he's going to tell Kenny Omega, pressuring him to tell Kenny Omega, I don't think Matt Jackson is nervous about it because there's no one else who really cares. Yeah. Like, Nick Jackson isn't doing it. Brandon Cutler's not doing it. Michael Nakazawa's not doing it. And Kenny doesn't know. So, and Hangman definitely wouldn't. So, I think the Dark Order deserve a reward for that. <laughs> Me too. We don't, we don't like rewarding bad behavior, but let's reward this. <laughs> let's do that. Let's do it. I love Alex Reynolds showing a different element of his character because i think the dark order especially sylvan reynolds as you know the recruiters or you know the hr of dark order they do kind of get flattened as like these comedy guys and i think you know the um the hangman trios thing i think they had you know some stuff there that was really promising but they always get in this spot where they're like just comedy guys and it's johnny hungy and he does his little hungy spots and you know that's that they throw up the dark order thing and they go um they move on with their life. But Alex Reynolds being like not just a funny guy, but also a guy who has active beef with, and it's not one-sided. He has beef with Matt Jackson. He has beef with the Young Bucks because of Hangman. I like that. 
And I don't know why you wouldn't take that and put it on TV because I think that's ratings. And I think there's a lot of stuff on AWTV now, cough, cough, the four pillars angle, that, you know, kind of drags a lot. And this to me doesn't drag. And I think, and um, someone on Twitter, I can't remember who, uh, we're like, well, then how do you reconcile the BCC if the elite are feuding with Dark Order? And you don't have to. Like, you could have the Dark Order be there um, and kind of be like a thorn in Matt Jackson's side, do the BCC at double or nothing, and then boom, Dark Order. You're ready to go for the summer, uh, especially with the new show coming up. So, I don't know. But Don Callis betraying Kenny Omega, we knew it was coming, but it still sucked. I was like, no! No! And I tweeted about it, too, because, like, when it happened, my mouth was, like, I was, like, <laughs> and, like, I tweeted about it. I was, like, we've talked about it on months for Tag Talk. That, like, this is coming. Like, this is what's going to happen. Like, Don is definitely going to do this. And then it happened, and we were both, like, flabbergasted. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we even said, I remember we said, like, this needs to happen sooner or later. Like, on a recent episode of Tag Talk, like, Don needs I think to- it was last week. I think it was. I think you said, like, like if- to do this to get, like, and then it happened, and we were like, oh. <laughs> I think we literally said something big is going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Don Callis. <laughs> and, like, still, like, Haley and I were, like, texting each other, and I was like, are you kidding? How could he do that? He's such a bad guy. He's such a snake. Even though I knew... That it was coming, but it was like such like a well executed angle. Yeah. Um, and I didn't. I think they did enough to like soothe my worry that it was happening when Don Callis got in the ring. That when it happens, like I went from I was in like fight or flight, and then I like calmed down, and then it was like right back. <laughs> like it was just really good. Uh, I really liked it. The cage match was really really good too. I thought it was funny how long John Moxley spent unscrewing the turnbuckle. I know. So long. Like, uh, maybe we should just give it up, you know? But he was relentless. He's like, no, absolutely not. We got to do the spot. Like, and there's so many callbacks to their other matches mm-hmm. that I'm so excited to see. Uh, I don't know, like, where we go for Double or Nothing. I'm presuming that this match happens at Double or Nothing. I don't know, like, where we go stipulation or gimmick-wise. But I'm so excited about it because I just... Danielson and Omega, Danielson and Moxley, you have the Young Bucks, you have, you know, Wheeler Yuta, who is probably the most misfit of this group just because he's so much younger, but like he can hold his own. And at Wheeler Wheeler and Matt Jackson doing some fun stuff like on the mat. Oh, so good. And Claudio just swinging everybody. If he can swing both Young Bucks, like get a leg and a leg, yes, or like stack them and swing them, Claudio, if you're listening, do it like all of them a swing stack a uh, elite swing stack all three. <laughs> oh my god all I, don't, I don't know if that's possible because i feel like kenny's just so like big nick and matt he could probably do yeah i think they're light enough yeah. matt has been beefing up but like the injury you think that he's lost like a couple beefy. pounds so you could probably do that. Even if you could just do all three of the elite for like three turns and then like throw them. Just throw you them know? at each other. And just yeah. swing. <laughs> oh my God. He puts Matt Jackson in the corner, swings Nick and launches him. Like a shot. I'm giving Claudio gold here. I'm like selling my soul to Claudio. 
my cheeks hurt from laughing. I know, me too. Um, oh, man. What an episode. <laughs> what an, I know. Like, we really, it was like a roller coaster of emotion. Um, let me just check and make sure like, we have a super chat. Like, you know? um, if you guys have more super chats you would like us to read. Oh, and shout out to Aaron for the super sticker. Um, yeah, we're going to wrap up. If you guys want to submit super chat and get in your last minute thoughts, please do. Um, I'll do my final thoughts first because this is Haley's episode. So I get to go first. What? Go ahead. <laughs> um, my final thoughts are that I think tag team wrestling has a lot of ground to cover to get back to like where it was. And I think it's not just an AW or WWE problem. Like I definitely see similar issues in um, or used to be in New Japan and other promotions. Um, I think AW in particular has the talent to do a lot better than they are. Um, so I'm excited to see where they go go with that i'm a little bit worried um post forbidden door like the period between forbidden door and all in uh if things lag because it's not that long of a time but um it's aw and that uh they're getting a new show and and, like all the cm punk stuff like i don't know how they do it speaking of cm punk's (laughs) chat from the pro wrestling podcast he says so when are we going to all in i wanted to go to all in so bad and I, like, tried my hardest to make it work. And I was, like, checking prices and, like, crunching numbers and, like, um, seeing if I could stay with someone. And But it's just not in the cards for me this year. Maybe next for year. Sure. Unless somebody wants to come along and fund our trip to England. I gotta cross an ocean to get And there. talk overseas. Listen. Listen. Sponsor our trip and we'll go. Um. It just wasn't in the cards. Um, flights from Florida to England are surprisingly expensive. And I know this because, one, I looked for all in. And also, um, there was a research trip I was going to do before COVID. That, but that that trip would have been astronomically expensive and impossible. But, um, yeah, not all in. I said this on Twitter. I'm going to try for all out. Uh, I normally go to All Out. It's like, it's a sentimental thing. Uh, I met two of my best friends at All Out, and I met Haley in person for the first time. So I'm going to try. If not All Out, maybe Grand Slam, maybe Full Gear. I just want to get to a show this year. I went to all of them last year, so I know it's a little bit selfish. I'm going to try my hardest, though. I did get a pay raise at work, so maybe. Got to pay off my surgery bill, though, which yikes american healthcare um <laughs> but back to tag team wrestling um yeah I, I think there's like a lot of potential i think there's a lot of places they can go uh wwe though what are you doing Do, like at least aw has people like, <laughs> really, like what are we doing <sighs> i do i do know what you mean um my final thoughts man <laughs> I, I think you said everything that I wanted to hit, so I don't even know if I have final thoughts, but I guess my final thoughts would be I hope that I'm going to manifest uh, that Sammy and KO get their win over Roman and Solo, and we can just leave that there and give them something else to do. Solid. I like it. 
Okay, so this is the point where, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, you can do your plugs if you want me to do the big plug. Okay, I'll go first. That's fine. Uh, you still want to do the big plug. <laughs> I hate the big plug. I'm not good at it. Willow uh, will tell you that I'm not good at it because I tried and it sucked. Anyway, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Haleyann underscore, uh, you know. I do the writing thing. I have a Substack, blah, blah, blah. The Wrestling News. You can subscribe. It's free. Um, I do, uh, I may have an announcement in the coming week that is very exciting. Um, so you should definitely stay tuned to my Twitter for that. Because uh, it's really big for me. And I'm very excited about it. So Here's the big plug. First, <clears throat> my plug. You follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. I post everything that I'm doing there. If I'm going to be a guest on a show, whatever. I'm gonna, trying to do more podcasts this summer because I have the summer off before I start my PhD in the fall. And in the fall, like I'll be way more busy. I'll be teaching. I'll be studying. So I won't have time. But in the summer, I'm going to hope to do some stuff. Uh, maybe collab with some people I haven't collabed with yet. Hopefully get Grillo back on the show. Maybe some other guests and fun stuff. So Follow me on Twitter for that. Also, this is Fightful Overbooked. This is the ESPN2 to Fightful ESPN. Um, There's wrestling podcasts on here. There's also non-wrestling podcasts. Um, There's, like, a lot of really fun content on the show. So um, subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. Um, If you're watching this after we go live, hi, welcome to the Drama Fest. Tap Talk is not normally this long. We normally try to keep it under an hour, but like we had a lot of ground to cover and we were very invested. And we had a great audience this time. You guys were so good. I had so much fun reading your comments and engaging with you guys. But if you're watching this after we go live, like this video and comment below. I still want to see your thoughts. I do read the comments every week. So comment below your thoughts. Um, and maybe is tag team wrestling in the mud was like a, you know, a provocative question, but I think it was, I think it's a valid discussion. Yeah. And I think we really covered a lot of ground today. Like I feel like intellectual. I really do. <laughs> um, so subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. And if you like this, come see us next week. Uh, tag Talk is live every Monday at 3 p.m. on Fightful Overbooked. Uh, we talk about tag team wrestling. Some weeks are like this where we have a discussion. Some weeks are like last week where we recap a story. We talked about being the elite and the elite story. Some weeks are just news and just like vibing and having fun, especially if tag team wrestling is going great. Um, But Monday, 3 p.m., Fightful Overbooked. 3 p.m. Eastern, Fightful Overbooked. We will be live. Uh, I think that's everything in the big plug. Um, Haley? Do you have anything else you want to say? No? Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us, for your super chats, for your vibes, for your comments. Uh, you guys were great. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. 
agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.